Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us on Zoom or in the building Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. For the Zoom link, please contact tikvatdirector at gmail.com or contact us on our website, tikvatisrael.com. There you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. So what is this day all about? Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, the holiest day of the year, the day where we deprive ourselves, come before the throne, and ask forgiveness of our sins, so that we may be inscribed in Hashem's Book of Life for another year. This is not easy for someone like me because I have self-diagnosed, of course, ADD. I also consider myself a little ADHD because I have what Jewish men call shpukis. We're always moving, even when we're just standing still, we're still moving, right? I can't stand still. When I talk, when I speak, sometimes I speak with my hands. So I'm kind of like that dog in the animated movie Up. Remember that? The dog be looking at his master, and all of a sudden he'll go, squirrel! That's me. Yep, yep. Bonnie's agreeing. Yep, that's me. That's an extreme example of me, but if you've ever had a conversation with me, occasionally you might see my eyes wander side by side. Oh, I am still very much listening to you, and it's not personal, but my eyes catch something going on behind you. So I always like to talk to people when they're against the wall, because there's no chance something's going on behind them, right? But every once in a while, there go my eyes. I have wandering Jew eye syndrome. That's what it is. So forgive me, forgive me, it is not personal. My mind is trying to multitask and focus. So today on Yom Kippur, it's about focus. Focusing on God. So I have a scripture I'd like to put up there right now. It's from Colossians 3, verse 2. Focus your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Thank you, Andrew. Okay, I'm going to bring in the driving reference again. Have you ever been in any kind of accident? You're in your car, driving along, and you think everything is fine. And then, bam! Something happens. Out of nowhere, someone hits you. What is your first reaction? What were they thinking? What were they doing? Or maybe you're just driving along on cruise control, and okay, there's nobody around you. So you think it's okay to look down and grab your coffee or what have you, 
and then you hit something on the road because you weren't paying attention. And now you have a flat tire. Now what? Or worse, an object hits your car and does some major damage. And then you have to call a tow truck. Oy. So you may be thinking, Oy vey, what is this going to cost me? Do you know more accidents in cars are mostly attributed to distracted driving? You ever hear of that? Some have devastating results. My point here is that maybe that that situation could have been prevented if we were just focused on the task at hand. So how do we focus today? We fast usually from food, for one thing, but there are some of us, due to medical reasons, can't not eat. And God does not want us to hurt our bodies in the process of honoring him. So we could deprive ourselves in, in other ways, something else that draws us away from God. Not watching any TV, staying off social media, or maybe totally off our phones. Oy, that's a hard one for me personally, right, hon? Yeah. For lots of us, our whole life could be in our phones. And it never fails when an alert goes off, your attention is drawn right to that phone. So if I can't turn it off, I turn my notifications off and turn it over so I don't see it. Let's take a look at Philippians 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Today we immerse ourselves in prayer. We pray for forgiveness for every sin that we may have done. The other day, Scott and I had a conversation about prayer. Why do we close our eyes? I don't think it is written anywhere that we must close our eyes when we pray. And I learned to bow my head. We recite in liturgy to bend at the knee and bow and to prostrate ourselves before the Father. But why close our eyes? Because it allows us to focus on our communication with Hashem. Our eyes can distract us and take away that focus. After all, we may be praying for people or situations that are around us, but we are not praying to those around us. We are communicating with God. My personal take is that when, we, when my eyes are closed, it allows me not only to speak to God, but to focus inward to my soul. I do pray when I'm on my way to work driving, but I do keep my eyes open. I definitely recommend that. It's a personal time to be with him. Not only do we pray here in Adonai's house, but maybe you have a special room 
the prayer closet, perhaps, where you can close off the outside world and seek God's face. Let's take a look at Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also get rid of every weight and entangled sin. Let us run with endurance the race set before us, focusing on Yeshua, the, initi the initi initiator, I can't read either this morning, and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, disregarded its shame, and he has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you may not grow weary in your souls and lose heart. It is easy to go about our daily lives in this world and say and do things that are not godly. And we catch ourselves and we shake our head and we say, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Or maybe I shouldn't have said that and asked God forgiveness. During this past month of Elul, leading up to the month of Tishrei and Rosh Hashanah, we are asked to return to God and ask forgiveness of those we have perhaps hurt and forgive those that have hurt us. The focusing started way before today. But this day is different. Our Yom Kippur, we not only ask Adonai for forgiveness of our sin that we have known we have done. But as we focus our, on our lives and our situations, we read earlier in this service about all sin. We find out we have sinned at times when we didn't even know we were committing that sin. Because we are not perfect. We have all fallen short from the glory of God. This day always reminds me of one of my elementary school teachers. Her name was Mrs. Benson. Mrs. Benson, she was so sweet. She would always address an issue with you, what you might have had, by making you stay after class and write on the blackboard. In my case, it was, I will not act out in class. And I will not act out in class 500 times. I will not act out. No, I will not act. 500 times. And if that didn't work, she would give you one of those nice, black and white composition books. Remember those? They still have them, don't they? Right. A thousand times 
In this book, Eric, you will write, I will not act out in class. And my parents, you say, what are you doing? My homework? <laughs> well, let me see. No, you can't see it. It's not done yet. But unfortunately, it was also on my report card, so I couldn't get away with it. I think I might have filled up a book or two that year. But I respected Mrs. Benson because she wanted me to focus on what the problem was and learn from it. Did I? I don't know. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I might interrupt Rabbi or Scott while they're up here on the Bema. Hey, Rabbi, did you remember this? And he'd say, not now. <laughs> so I'm still trying to do better. So thank you, Mrs. Benson, for that guidance. But today, we should say to Hashem, forgive me, Father, for my sin. Let's take a look at 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 and 17. All scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching, for reproof, for restoration, and for training in righteousness, so that the person belonging to God may be capable, fully equipped for every good deed. During this day of Yom Kippur, it is customary to focus on scripture, specifically the book of Jonah. Why the book of Jonah? Well, there's two primary reasons. The story of Jonah teaches us how no one is beyond the reach of God's hand. Just as Jonah's endeavor to escape God's providence was unsuccessful, so too we are incapable of eluding divine justice for transgressions we may have committed. God was persistent with Jonah. So I'm not going to read the story to you, but I'd like you to take a look at it because it's very, very interesting. One more uplifting note about the book of Jonah was God spared the people of Nineveh, although he had already decreed that they would be destroyed because of their evil ways. This teaches us that no matter our past behavior, God's benevolence and mercy awaits, even if we only repent full-heartedly. We must repent full-heartedly. So, this afternoon, while you're at home, while you're resting, while you're praying, while you're fasting, read the book of Jonah. There could be other scriptures that God can touch your heart with that will bring you before the throne. Let's take a look at Matthew 5, verse 17. Do not think that I came to abolish the Torah or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. 
Forgive me, I am not going off track here and becoming unfocused, but myself some years ago when I was first learning about Yeshua, I wondered why we still practice Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, even though Yeshua was a sacrifice for our sin. Well, I'm glad you asked that question. I know Scott touched on this last night. So I wanted to read a, a short quote from an article I found about Yom Kippur and Yeshua's sacrifice. It is by Michelle Van Loom from the Kaspari Center of Biblical and Jewish Studies. Now she is Christian, and there'll be some Christian references I have left intact in the quote. I quote, does Yom Kippur have meaning for those seeking following Jesus today? Yes, Yom Kippur allows us to reflect on the immeasurable grace of God found in our Messiah, Jesus. Instead of apprehension about whether will be inscribed in the book of life from year to year, Jesus' followers can embrace his fulfillment of this day with deep gratitude. Many Messianic Jews choose to fast on Yom Kippur as a way to both stand in solidarity with and intercede in prayer for their not yet believing Jewish friends and family. Followers of Jesus understand that fasting is not a transaction that demonstrates how serious a person is about repenting from sin. Fasting is a spiritual discipline that allows us to focus our desires on God. End quote. Point taken. So what can we learn from all of this? Is there something we can focus on? Yeshua was the perfect lamb slain for our sins. We are covered by the blood of the lamb. He is our kippur, our atonement for our sin. And as the article said, we ask forgiveness for not only our own sin on this day, but we intercede on behalf of others that sin and intercede for the Jewish people who have not yet found Yeshua as their Messiah and the grace that God has gave us through him. We get distracted by the world around us, don't we? We have fallen short. We all have sinned, whether intentionally or unintentionally. We come before the throne. We deprive ourselves. We pray. We ask forgiveness. I'm reminded about the prodigal son. All the things he did, squandered his money, led a life of terrible things, came back to his father broken. What did his father do? He ran 
to him with open arms and said, my son is lost and now he is found. Took him in. That's what God does. We we read the word today about the path to redemption and we are given the tools to get us back on the right path that God wants for us. And we can hear the word that came from Messiah Yeshua in John chapter 8 when he said to the woman accused of adultery, straighten up, Yeshua said to her, Woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? He's speaking of the Judeans that persecuted her for her sin. And her response is, no one, sir. And then Yeshua said to her, then neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And all the people said, Amen. Amen.